Welcome to Binge Theory, the coolest corner on the internet. I'm Julian, and today we have Logan. Hello. And Eric. Hi. Hey, and today we're going to be discussing, because it's a Halloween-themed show, we're going to be touching base on a movie that each one of us picked that we think embodies the mood of this Halloween. doesn't necessarily have to be horror or terror genre, but it's just a movie that comes to mind during this holiday season. And we're also going to be having some surprise content on the second part of this two-part episode. So be, you know, be sure and stay tuned. Gentlemen, I will um, start off by saying happy Halloween or um, you know, happy harvest or whatever pagan ritualistic holidays you celebrate. And you know, that being said, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go last because I have a backup just in case we've done a double <laughs> double selection like we did last time. Logan, you will go first. Sure, I could take it away. <laughs> so, um, you know, Halloween and all, um, thinking, uh, keeping that in mind. Um, and it's funny because I hadn't actually thought about this movie for a while, but it just kind of stuck with me when we had this topic. And uh, I'll introduce it by the probably most famous quote from it that I know you're all going to know. Uh -oh. And it's, I see dead people. Hmm. So I'm going to call out Sixth Sense on this one, I think. Um, you know, just how it, it was still kind of at the height of that, you know, M. Night Shyamalan rise to, to fame before it, it, you know, needed a little break. Um, and it just, you know, it was a well-done movie. Bruce Willis just, um, he, he's an interesting actor. He, he is able to rise to the occasion of whatever movie he's in whether it's this you know sea level right to you know tv or just huge blockbuster like he just meets it where it's at and is able to pull anything off that he ends up getting into uh and this movie was no different and then going back and like i remember we watched it and then had to rewatch it like the next night while we still had it rented just to see like Oh, oh, he didn't actually touch anything. He really was dead. I like all the things where you just, it was so smooth and so just expertly done um, that it just, it really kind of, kind of stuck with me. And uh, yeah, it came up first to mind when we thought of uh, Halloween. Good, good pick. I mean, yeah, uh, to your point, I think Bruce Willis rises and falls based on the uh, caliber of the film he's in. Uh, you know, I would uh, reference the uh, the blockbuster film he did with um, Tracy Morgan. Uh, mm. I, I think it was called something um, Cops or something. I, I forget the name. So that tells you how much uh, that movie was. Um, and let's not forget Tony Collette was also in it. She played the mother of Hallie Joel Osment. And, right. uh, and again, Hallie Joel um, Osment was a phenomenal child actor. Uh, you know, going from he did three that I remember as a child. He did AI, yeah, from Steven Spielberg, obviously Forrest Gump's son, and and of course the child that you know sees dead people. <laughs> um, 
And, uh, you know, it, it, you're right. That, that was at the, I think, the pinnacle of M. Night Shyamalan's uh, filmmaking set back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it was one of those ones that makes you rewatch it because you have to, you know, look, put on a new set of eyes and, mm-hmm. and enjoy that. Good, good call. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, no, I thought that was a great, it was a great movie. Um, geez, I, I uh, recently, you know, watched the third one. And uh, in preparation for that, I went back and watched the first two, you know, of the trilogy. And uh, I'm thinking of the right movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And anyway, and um, wait, wait, no, six minutes. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, the the I don't think I don't think you're thinking of the right one. What trilogy? What what uh, what movie are you talking? You're talking about, about the Sixth Sense, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Well, if I mix things up, aren't there? Uh, didn't they do um, Unbroken after that? Oh no, no. You're thinking of uh, um, unbra- um, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. And then they did um, with. Um, a Ma- uh, McAvoy. Yep. Uh, oh, jeez, dementia is killing me. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, and uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was. But no. Did I mix up? I thought that was the first one. No, no, no. Unbro- Unbreakable was the first one. The yeah. second one was with McAvoy about maybe three or four years ago, and. That was got me. Okay. Come, come on, help me All out. Right. Help me out here. Um, okay, Logan. Um, well, that was definitely organic. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. Um, geez, uh, it, it was with McAvoy, and also it, it starred um, what's your name from The Witch, Anya Taylor Joy. Um, I want to say, yeah, I think it was split. split. Thank you, Split. Yeah, I want to say split. split, and then right, and then okay. the last one was Glass. Boom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But but okay. they're all my bad. It's the same universe for a long time. <laughs> well, no, no, it can't be the same universe. I'm sorry. It's Bruce Willis. Yeah, he the same, is, yeah, the same lead actor. Same, same lead actor and director. Mm-hmm. So, completely, completely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay, so was, now that we're back, yeah, on. so six months is a little foggy then for me. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, that was that was two thousand. a really tough day at work. So. Six Sense was 1999. 90, almost yeah. 2000, right. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. And, and Eric, which one did you pick? I'm sorry. We, we, got, we got distracted. Oh, um, yeah, no. I, I, was, uh, I wasn't sure what I would pick. Cause, you know, so I, I started kind of picking around the internet and trying to think of uh, Halloween movies and Halloween-related movies. And I realized that a lot of the movies that I like are kind of related to Halloween anyway. Um, you know, like, uh, I'll, I'll just give a couple off the, off the, the top of my head before I tell you what my pick was. Honorable man. Um, Ghostbusters. Mm. Ghostbusters was a good one. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. That gets ranks, you know, right up there. That's one of my favorites. Um, the Shining, you know, it's also kind of a kind of a scary movie, but I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a definitely a fan of Kubrick, so that ranks up there. But 
I'm going to give my pick to Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, uh, directed by Coppola, mm-hmm. uh, with Gary Oldman as Dracula, uh, Keanu Reeves as uh, the lawyer. Uh, is it Harkins? Is that his name? I think you're. I think. I think his name was Horrible. That that's the name I gave him when I saw it. I said, "Keanu, you're horrible." Horrible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like at the at the time that the movie came out, you know, I didn't have the my tastes weren't as refined as as they might be now as an older man, you know, and um, so this is really my first kind of introduction into uh dracula and but taken seriously not not like sesame street dracula you know and uh you know to see that this really well-directed movie um with gary oldman in an incredible performance um to me that was that was a that was pretty good um it didn't take me until way later on in life to actually read the book. Um, I had talked with my boss and he said, the book is, is phenomenal. You know, you should read it. And, uh, and I do not read many books, but I read this one and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, so much that, you know, I could see myself reading that same book again. Um, it's just so, it's so rich with like the environment that these people were in back, back then. And, uh, you know, the streets of London, um, how mysterious Transylvania was the, how you didn't really know what the, uh, the capabilities of this creature were, you know, or what was, you know, it was just, it's just such an interesting character and, uh, you know, the novel that was written, um, it, it was just fantastic. And the movie I felt at least did it a little bit of justice, you know? So that's my pick. No, Good one. Great pick. And, you know, when I, when I, when writer hmm. was, uh, his, you know, right. star cross lover, uh, and Nina, right. Yep, there you go. And let's not forget, Sir Anthony Hopkins was in it as well as the uh, vampire hunter. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, oh you, you know who it was, and it didn't just—it didn't even just dawn on me until now. He was Van Helsing. That's and and I just oh, checked yeah. out his his name is in 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 the character um, roster, uh, Doctor Abraham Van Helsing. So he was like Van Helsing. I guess I'm more attuned to the Hugh Jackman of Van right. Helsing, which was yeah. horrible. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, uh, that was kind of the first, well, not the first, but the the uh, one in a long while that kind of gave you that uh, grounded, dark Dracula. I mean, the other one came out back in the, um, the 60s. No, no, the 70s, early 70s, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I forget his name. All I remember is that he played uh, Count Dooku, I think, in uh, in, in the Star Wars franchise. And, and again, that that's some Google. Christopher Lee. Uh, was he? 
Was it late? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. Oh, he might have been in the '60s one because there were a few Draculas, and I, yeah, I do believe that back in the '60s or '70s, the first Dracula was Count Dooku. And, oh. you, and and you guys can Google and, and spot check me on that. But um, talking about Lugosi? No, 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 no. Um, that's Lugosi? like that's the forties. I'm talking about like um, just okay. the sixties or seventies. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, Gary Oldman, he can do no wrong in my mind. I mean, everything he ever addresses, he yeah. knocks it out of the park. I mean, again, one of my favorite films, The Professional. All he played was like a drug-addled cop or a, another version of the bad lieutenant. And to me, he was one of the most terrifying characters ever. Um, and then he also yeah. plays, uh, if you're into Quentin Tarantino fair, he was Drexel in uh, True Romance. Uh, and of course, in um, Hannibal, he played uh, the, the villain in that, uh, going against Anthony Hopkins. So there you go, full circle. Yeah. I just put it, I just, you know, it's it's probably the same universe. And and there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no he, he is fantastic. Great pick. And and I'm busting Keanu's chops. I honestly, that character was probably supposed to be a little naive and two-dimensional. Um, just a, a pretty young boy um, character. So he did what he did. But I mean, my God, that accent. I... I <laughs> know what they were thinking and and i'm sure i would have done much better if i was cast in that film but yeah him and kevin costner should just never be european i, I think that's that's what i learned from that tom waits was also in it um you know i'm just looking at the um the list right here uh okay yeah and um i'm trying to think um who was tom waits was he oh he was renfield which makes perfect sense because he always plays that like kind oh, of okay. creepy. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That was so long ago. He looked so young back then. You know, it's and 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 you know what? I'm sure I got to watch that again. That's a good call because for some reason I thought Renfield had a British accent. He seemed very British, and Tom Waits is like you know a Detroit rocker. You know, very very un-European. So I got to see that. That's that's. That was a great one. And, and again, you know, you're right. Putting it in the hands of Ford, Francis Ford Coppola, doing something so mm -hmm. kind of mainstream, that, that, is, that is a rarity. And, and, you know, I mean, after his uh, obvious successes with The Godfather, th this, this was a good one. And, and I did like the whole take on it, not being just a monster, but a uh, kind of like a star-crossed lover, uh, uh, you, know, um, you know, ode to undying love. It, it, but very dark. It, it was that's a good one. That is definitely a good pick. Um, oh, just, just as a side, just as a finishing note on that on that subject, I'm actually reading uh, the graphic novel um, of Dracula right now. It's done by an artist uh, by the name of Mike Mignola, who's a very famous uh, comic book artist. Hmm. But it's a full. Um, graphic novel on Dracula and uh you know it's the same story but uh it's very very well done so I'll just uh put that little tidbit out there for the the Dracula freaks if you want to read something before Halloween no yeah absolutely and and Logan I'm sorry did, did you have uh thoughts on the uh Dracula I, I think I just steamrolled the conversation with my Gary Oldman. No, no, actually, that was a great one. Um, 
I've seen a number of of incarnations, obviously, of Dracula in in different ways. Um, I I know I've seen parts of that one. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Um, the Christopher Lee one, I remember vaguely. I know I've seen that one. Um, you know, just when you know, just late night. Uh, what do they they call it here? Comet TV, I think, is the uh, the uh, HD TV channel that just shows all the the sci-fi and horror and, and fantasy type stuff. Um, but no, that was uh, that was definitely a, a great choice. Yeah, and you know what? It may be Christopher Lee that I'm thinking about. Uh, it was definitely Christopher Lee in the 70s version. Gotcha. Then, that, then that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And, you know, and, but, and he didn't play, was he Dooku? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, um, all right. So I'm not, not totally off on my... Um, my base. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'd like to give some well, honorable mentions. Um, you know, Eric, you, you you mentioned some obvious, you know, great films for the Halloween season, and I'd like to, you know, dovetail on that with some recommendations. Um, obviously, uh, if you're going, um, you, you went the Kubrick route. I'm going to go kind of the pulpy 1980s, uh, you know, genre of horror film, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah. Which, when and again, and this is not my pick. This is just some honorable mentions. When it came out, it was so um, of its time and in new and an interesting take. And the whole premise that it's in your dreams, you know, that I don't think has really been you know pursued. I know there's uh, films that deal with uh, you know horror in in a cerebral sense, but the fact that anytime you fall asleep. It will come and get you. I, th I thought that was just a, a really unique take. And um, of course, uh, Robert Englund playing Freddy Krueger was, you know, just iconic. And kind of also finding that balance with the sarcastic humor and the play and, and a lot of um, play on words, which was really cheesy, but it just fit the character. Uh, yeah. And. Um, uh, another one that I was obviously a fan of was, um, and this is of course a classic, uh, it, it, it was kind of almost going to be my pick, but it's almost a little too obvious. The Exorcist, um, especially the re-release where there's footage that was never seen before because it was too controversial. Uh, and, and, you know, I live in the DC area, so I, I've been to the Exorcist house and the Exorcist stairs mm -hmm. and, yeah, that whole place when it's foggy and it does get foggy there because it's right off the Potomac River. It, it's it's a creep fest. It's nightmare fuel, all of that. And it, it's just that movie and, and and movies like that back in the um, the late 60s, early 70s, where they didn't have a lot of special effects. It was all practical effects and, you know, just trick photography. And um, I really appreciated that they made you do the slow burn back then. It, it was it was definitely a, Reagan was getting sicker and sicker until she's full blown demonic possessed. And a lot of like the, if you look back at it now, you can, you know, it doesn't age amazingly well, but there's a lot of nice little scenes that you can spot where they throw in little things that were triggers back in the day, like little flashes of the um, Captain Howdy the the demon and again it's it's literally just a face with the makeup on it but at the time it was one of the most horrific things you'd ever seen and all, my final um 
uh, mention, honorable mention, is uh, Amityville Horror. And, and that is very close, you know, to the, to the Exorcist, but that um, starred, uh, what's his name? Um, Josh Brolin's dad, um, married to uh, Barbara Streisand. It, it, it was it was a very good film, uh, and and I oh and also um, uh, Lois Lane. Jeez, I'm just going to say the characters that they played in movies. Margot Kidder. It was Margot Kidder, and and something Brolin. You know, because it's, it's Josh Brolin's dad. Great film again about you know similar with um, the uh, the Shining, the descent into madness where you're starting off with a family, and all of a sudden, by the end, you're wielding an axe. Matter of fact, I would dare to say that Amityville Horror is a combination of The Shining and The Exorcist. Hmm. I mean, li literally, they went to the point where they're both swinging axes. So there you go. Or maybe it's just a ripoff of The Exorcist. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I always appreciate the original version. And then they slowly start to... Um, feed other films that mm -hmm. you know they see that that um, film and they're like, ooh, let's do more of that. And of course, the studios, once they see something makes money, it's just you know yeah. put it into the uh, the money making machine and crank out lesser versions of it. But still, Emdeville Horror, I really appreciated because mm -hmm. it was uh, of its time, and 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 so that's my honorable mention. Yeah, now, I think that's the harder thing to do contemporarily to be able to see the first of one that they just start mass producing, you know, the first um, uh, Final Destination, you know, the first, you know, Scream, the first one of those, and to really appreciate after the fact how, maybe not groundbreaking considering the movies that they were, but just how much that that was kind of a, a unique experience at the time to start, but with how much it's been just copied ad nauseum, it makes it more difficult to go back and appreciate that, you know, semi-original. Absolutely. And only because you brought that up, I'll throw in one little uh, honorable mention that sparked an entire slew of uh, copycat or genre films because it defined the genre. Blair Witch. Uh, mm. Blair Witch Project. Yes. Very shoestring budget. And when it came out, this was um, before the internet. You know, there was a time before the internet and the entire premise is that this was found footage of people that went camping in, in Maryland, hiking in Maryland to investigate a Blair Witch. And um, apparently something horrific happened to them and nobody knows, but they found the footage and they put together the footage. And again, you don't see anything, but to me, that was one of the things that made it most terrifying is because you could imagine whatever the witch was or whatever they were being um, haunted by. And and that's that was more of a psychological terror than an actual visual uh, terror. And I, um, I I love that it came out probably ninety three ninety four, and it it's still I, I saw it probably like a couple of years ago, and it still just you know holds up. I'm I'm sure if a new generation saw it, it may not resonate with them, but I still just appreciate the craft that went into making something so low budget but impactful. Mm -hmm. And of course, all the found footage films that followed, um, uh, paranormal activities, and, and 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 so on and so forth. So, Cloverfield. It, uh, thank you. Yeah, that the whole shaky cam. Uh, yeah. 
thing. And and I guess now that everybody has a, uh, a iPhone, that that should be a whole new series of of found footage. Uh, I know they're experimenting with a little of that stuff using uh, webcams and things like that. Shutter um, just had and the the kind of the horror streaming platform had an exclusive movie that was all through Zoom, <laughs> and it I, I know I, I felt the same way, but it has gotten some absolutely stellar reviews. Well crafted, you can yes. make you can make a film out of any. I mean, and there was one that starred, um, and. and I, I feel bad that I forget his name, but he was in um, Harold and Kumar, and he was also uh, Takara Sulu um, in in Star Trek. Oh, um... come on, Logan! Uh, come on, <laughs> it's right there. John Cho. That boom. There you go. And just to completely just keep uh you know spiraling into into different subject matters. <laughs> He is going to be playing, and when they finally, when quarantine's over and we're back to the movie making business, he is casted to be in the Cowboy Bebop movie. Yes. And it's going to be, I'm going to make a prediction, it is going to be a glorious failure of epic proportion. You cannot make an anime movie well. It can't be done. Give up. Try something else. Money grab. It's going to be a failure. Mark my words. That that's that's what's going to happen. Just like Ghost in the Shell, just like Dragon Ball Z, it it it's it's not going to work unless unless somebody has Dragon. an example of a anime movie that has been a success. And I'm sorry, yeah, you know, Dragon Ball Z, yeah, that was that was that was trash as well. Well, yeah, but I mean, you had James Marsters as as no no there there was so much more wrong with that film before even getting there. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't even Dragon Ball Z. It was Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, because apparently Dragon Ball Z was such a coined phrase in America. Look, I mean, there's the, the thing is, is that, uh, yes, I, I, it's hard to... Nobody has done it right yet that I'm, that I'm aware of. There have been some close ones, but it's been more in the lines of... Um, smaller budget Japanese productions that have been more faithful to the characters and the story rather than the, you know, um, epic production quality of a modern blockbuster. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I would like to hope that something eventually is going to come along and break the mold. And there's going to be a, a Kevin Feige of anime films somewhere out there. Um, and I am just hopeful that I will see it in my lifetime. Yeah, d don't hope for that, Logan. <laughs> um, it's just, it, you're, 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 you're setting yourself up for a white whale that's never going to happen. I'm, I'm, Wouldn't be I, the first. I'll tell you this, because I've seen uh, Japanese um, uh, iterations of, uh, you know, of classic anime um, mm -hmm the uh full metal alchemist they they had one and it's it's just it's never there it's either really true to the story and looks like trash or they depart from it to try and hollywood it up and it looks like trash i i remember we were all really excited and i know this is completely off the hollywood train but uh you know there's no rules here so the um the closest and the most excited everybody got was for ghost in the shell with scarlett johansson and because Ghost in the Shell was just so epic, and 
of the visuals and the the fluid motion and all that and the future cyberpunk kind of a, a, a style. And then you saw the trailer and the trailer was taking scenes from the actual anime and you're just like, yeah, it looks like they got it. A little bit of whitewashing with Scarlett Johansson, but it's a body, it's a sleeve. It doesn't really, you know, it can be any ethnicity. So yeah, give it that, even though I guess at the time it was just probably poorly timed, you know, to have you know, an American playing a, a, a technically Japanese character. Right. Right. I'm sorry. I think that's part of the. I think that's always going to be part of the challenge, if you're trying to translate uh, Japanese animation into, uh, first of all, English, and then second of all, to present it to an international audience. Um, the Japanese culture is is very closed. Right, they write uh, African Americans in a certain way. Oh, they 100%. write yeah. women in a certain way. Um, they write, uh, you know, homosexuals in a certain way. And to try to take that off of paper and put that on the screen, it's just going to look ridiculous in so many cases. You know. Um, I mean, I'm reading a manga right now where there really wouldn't be too much cultural uh, danger there. It's this manga called Ping Pong, and it's basically you've got Japanese kids, and then there's like a couple Chinese kids that come over from, from China. And so they could probably pull that off, but again, it's, you know, the subject matter. I mean... I don't know who who really cares about ping pong uh, championships, you know. Anyway, I, I but I just want to give my perspective because the the Japanese like to write; they like to pull in a lot of different racial characters into their stories, but just write them like the way they want to write them. Well, and to your point, I think they are. Uh, I I would say they're more caricatures than or car stereotypes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no, no. Trust me, uh, yeah. I've rarely ever seen um african americans represented in in a glorious fashion it's uh yeah you, you wouldn't get away with a lot of that stuff in the uh, 2020 american era right, uh, right, right, right but to that and, and i'm sorry there's also another one that's in the docket logan hmm. you can get your hopes up to be totally dashed not this right the only thing that gives me hope is the director okay now and also speaking of directors let's not forget um, M. Night Shyamalan, again, tried, tried and failed miserably with Avatar. Completely whiffed on that one. And again, this is a skilled director. Matter of fact, yeah. I think that, that went, Hold that kind second. of caused him to go into that Obi-Wan Kenobi style. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, Did you say Avatar? Yeah. yeah. Cameron. No, The Last oh. Airbender. Last Air, oh, I'm sorry, not oh, yet. Okay. Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Not, okay. Not, right. not, not the Blue Monkey uh, Dances with Wolves. Gotcha. This, right. this, this okay. is okay. horrible. Continue. Sorry. Yes. Yes. No. No. You're. You're right. And I can't wait for those ones to come out. The the new ones he's coming out with. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure excited for the next four. <laughs> well, and again, it, it, I I get that maybe, but there was an interest in that, and I I just don't see that interest. I mean, I may have checked it out, but 
because it's mostly special effects and the story was kind of just very generic, what are you going to do to top that level of special effects? I mean, sure, you know, um, I'm, I'm playing script doctor here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll make it more underwater based. Yeah, there's going to be underwater uh, avatars and and maybe space avatars. You know, it's basically going to be like Fast and the Furious where they take the same story and they just put it in different environments or introduce different characters. I, I don't see him really stretching the boundaries on storytelling with, you know, alien monkeys. I'm sorry. I, I mean, the biggest thing about that back when it was, was I think it was one of the first films that had the 3D done crop properly. So that was kind of an experience, certainly the IMAX 3D version of it. And it was one of the first ones that at least I could remember where you actually were able to have an emotional response to these big blue aliens as if they were real people that, you know, and alongside real humans, you know, certainly you can, you know, have whatever emotional response with, you know, cartoons or animation or things like that, because they're representing people or, or characters, but, but to actually have it, you know, side by side with actual humans, that kind of broke a barrier there. And I think you're right, you've, we've seen so much more, I mean, so okay. many more films take advantage of that, that, you know, how much is that still going to be the driving force to, to you know, uh, empower the next four sequels to the levels of success they hope it will be. Right, and you're hundred percent right. When that came out, just like uh, when Terminator Two came out, yeah, groundbreaking special effects. It was yeah. just a showcase of things we've never seen before. The mocap for Avatar mm-hmm. was you know on a level that you know I I'd never ex- experienced. And again, it, w- it was just great filmmaking, but it was just a really two-dimensional story but yeah but but again get credit where credit is due he brought something new to the table i just think he had so much money and backing that he was and and imagination Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong i mean that that that's not a a a small feat to put to pull off what he did with that scale i'm sure that's why he had such no-name actors pretty much in there so we could have focused focused uh, most of the budget on uh who was who was the biggest star? Sigourney Weaver, probably. I think it's a one hit wonder. It's a one hit wonder. I mean, I remember, yeah. I recall leaving the theater, and yes, I was amazed. But I also went through this period where, like, my eyes, like they had, and my brain, like, had to readjust to like reality before the movie started and after. And like you said, the movie, the story was sort of subpar anyway. I'll just offer this. I think the the kind of effects that Christopher Nolan offers when he uses the IMAX camera on screen, mm-hmm. to me, that is where we should be going as far as uh, these spectacles on the, on the screen. Um, those shots that he pulls off and, and blending that into the, the standard like film format, I think is such a technical masterpiece um, that I, I as, as a film, film geek, super way appreciate that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I want to see that going forward. You know, it's funny. They're almost um, opposite sides of the same coin because Christopher Nolan has these utterly complex storylines yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody can follow. And yeah. James Cameron has literally, you know, 
you know, Marines going to, uh, you know, Monkey Land. Oh, I'm sorry. What was it? A retreat? <laughs> what was the name of the place? Um, Pandora. Pandora. And and they and they try to a uh, jewelry store. Yes, exactly. And they try to um, uh, uh, obtain unobtainium. That's just lazy writing. <laughs> and and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It, you're 100 right, uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, again, I, like I, I think I said in one of our last uh, earlier episodes is that he has a time fetish and I'm just done with it. I, I get it. You can shoot things out of sequence. Good for you. You don't have to do it all the time. Stop it, Christopher. We know how time works. No pun intended. Exactly. It's about time <laughs> he stopped messing with this. Pun. So, Julian, you're, so your pick was Exorcist? No, that, no, not at all. I completely didn't even get to my my choice. Okay, that's um, so good. Yes, I just want uh, to bring it back yes, for a yes, moment here. Yes, yes, yes. Let's hear yeah, Julian's pick. I'm gonna reel it in, and okay. all right, I'm gonna in, in post edit. I'm gonna add a drum roll because this is very important. What I'm about to do, it's more important than anything that's going on in the world right now. Um, the the pick that I give for my Halloween film this year, not the favorite, just the one that I appreciate right now is Hereditary. And Eric and I actually saw Hereditary together way back in the day when there were these things called theaters. And, and we had to talk about it. And, and again, Eric, remember, we actually had to, I, I, I was pulling up stuff on the internet afterwards because I had no expectations. The trailer looked phenomenal. A24, all the trailers looked phenomenal. But went in there and there were some things I saw that I can't unsee. And okay. this is the one with uh, Natalie Portman, right? No, 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 no. This is the one with um, Tony Collette, real, bringing it back to Sixth Sense. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, that was that was uh, quite the film. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, now, Logan, have you seen Hereditary? No, I have not. Yeah, I don't think you will. It's, it's probably not. It's um, unsettling. And again, there are films that are horror and terror and adrenaline pumping and then there are films that literally just make you um question you know your place in the universe and everything that's happening um <laughs> if, if i can give you the the gist it's it's basically uh tony collette has a daughter and a son and a husband played by gabriel byrne um the son is played by alex wolf and the um the daughter is played by um um mallory um Bichel. And um, it basically, um, the, the daughter's very odd, kind of an off-the-mark kind of a, a child. And uh, there's, oh, and there's a death in the family. Tony Collette's mother passes away. And, you know, at the funeral, she starts to learn things about her. And it slowly devolves into this kind of a cult-like situation. And, but it's not just a cult. There is uh, supernatural stuff that starts happening. And the scenes are shot very well paced. The acting is phenomenal. If you go on Google and look up Tony Collette, mm -hmm. Hereditary, there's a scene where she is berating her son and it's like right out of uh, a marriage story or something. You know, it's just one of those really intense moments and she just knocks it out of the ballpark. That on top of the fact that there's just some very disturbing imagery. Uh, I don't want to give away the spoilers. I want people to go see it. But Eric and I, you know, when we saw it and uh, all I got to say is uh, the scene where she has the allergic reaction 
Uh, and uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of stuff that hmm. is just not suitable for sane people to see. Um, but that that is my pick. Um, okay. that's a good one. Yeah, and and uh, and you know we uh, we're I we I want to just do a quick break and then come back for the second segment. It will be a short one because I know we're running long on time. But uh, again, that those were our picks. Feel free to comment. Let us know your picks out there. You know, if you have a special Halloween film that you like and that you think we should talk about, feel free to bring it up. You know, maybe we'll bring it in a, in a future episode or we'll add it to the roster for next year, you know, if we're all still around. Okay. And like I said, we're going to do a small um, intermission. So you can go get your coffee, go to the restroom, drink your coffee in the restroom, whatever your thing is. You know, we, we don't judge here, but hold on and come back. We'll be back shortly. 